Is Lane Lambert the right man to coach the New York Islanders? We break down another late collapse against the Canadiens and ask whether or not Lambert is the man to get the Islanders past this problem. All that and more on today's Locked On Islanders podcast. Sart tees it up, and a save is made by Bobrovsky. Nelson, Barzell with the open net, and he scores! Hi, and welcome to the Locked On Islanders podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Gil Martin. I'm an Islanders columnist and historian. And I wrote the book Ice Wars, which covers the complete history of the Islanders' rivalry with the Rangers from 1972 to the modern era. And greetings, everybody, and welcome to the Monday edition of the Locked On Islanders podcast. Gil Martin, so glad you could be with us today and be part of the Locked On Islanders family. And thank you for making Locked On Islanders your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit fanduel.com slash locked on today to get started. We've got plenty to talk about on today's show, but first, if there's something Islanders related on your mind, if you have a question, a comment, maybe a topic you'd like us to discuss on a future episode Feel free to send us an email, the email address LockedOnIslanders at gmail.com. And if you leave your first name and where you're from, we're happy to mention you on the show when we discuss whatever it is that's on your mind. You can also follow the show on Twitter at LockedOnIsles. And you could follow me, Gil Martin, on Twitter at IceWars, N-Y-R-V-S-N-Y-I. We'll keep you up to date on all the latest Islanders news, notes, and happenings, and I am live tweeting during nearly every Islanders home and road game, so join me for some instant insight and analysis, and it's always great to interact with Islanders fans game time or anytime, so please feel free to reach out. After Saturday afternoon's discouraging loss to the Montreal Canadiens, Yeah, it was an overtime loss, so the Islanders got a point. And we'll break down that game a little more closely later on today. But it's starting to become more apparent to me that Lane Lambert is not getting the job done consistently for this hockey team. And, you know, people have been calling for Lambert to be let go for a while now since really... Uh, I would say the December swoon that the Islanders had uh, when this team was struggling in January, as we all know, was a very rough month for the Islanders. And gradually, you hear more and more fans on social media saying, oh, Lane Lambert's terrible, he's got to go. And my attitude always was that this is Lane Lambert's first year as a head coach in the NHL. And he does probably need a certain amount of time to grow into the job. And 
you know, we all get better at things the more we do them and the more we learn firsthand uh, what it takes to get the job done. And there is a difference uh, being a head coach rather than an assistant coach. Because when you're an assistant coach, usually you have a different relationship with the players, number one. Second, as an assistant coach, you may be focusing in more specifically on one part of the game and the buck doesn't stop with you when you're the assistant coach. Ultimately, the responsibility is on the head coach. And the assistant coach can make suggestions, and the assistant coach can put forth ideas, but the decision comes down to what the head coach wants. And it's different dealing with the media, it's different dealing with management. There is a whole different level that goes along with being a head coach. And while Lane Lambert has been a head coach in the AHL many years ago, he has never, up until this year, been a head coach in the National Hockey League. And so some of the issues that have been coming up, uh, I've always said, let's see what this guy does. Let's see how he grows into the job. Let's see if he can learn and become better at it. Give him a little bit of time. I still think that they should give Lane Lambert the rest of this season, and I'll explain why in a few minutes, but I'm starting to become more of a doubter about Lane Lambert. Now, I'll tell you why. The bottom line issue for this team, the only thing you can say about this team throughout the course of the entire season is how inconsistent they've been. Early on in the season, the Islanders had trouble at the beginning of games. They weren't ready when the puck was dropped. They would play sloppy hockey over the first 20, 25, 30 minutes, fall behind, get a really good third period, earn a point as a result, and you would sort of say, okay, they need to show up when the puck is dropped. And through... October and into November, the Islanders were really one of the best third-period teams in the league. But now it seems like everything has sort of gone back the other way. And after getting off to such a good start in third periods over the last two and a half months since December... Uh, the, the Islanders all of a sudden have been getting off to decent starts and collapsing on the back end. Well, guess what? Neither one of those things is particularly desirable, and what you need from a team is consistency. And the Islanders just don't seem to be able to put together a 60-minute game. I look at the changes that Lane Lambert implemented on this team. Being a little bit more free to have the defenseman pinch and loosening up a little bit on the way this team played such a disciplined defense-first system. And yeah, I can understand doing that in theory, but in practice, this team doesn't have the horses to pull that off. And I think that the Islanders, 
Offensively now, they're scoring. Defensively, they are so sloppy in their own end. Playing, not playing the positionally sound hockey that got them to the playoffs three straight years under Barry Trotz. Letting the opposition have some very juicy scoring chances, even when you're trying to protect a lead, that isn't going to work with the personnel you have. And adding Bo Horvat is great, and it gives the team more offensive firepower. But I think you can see that unless this team tightens up the defense and doesn't allow all these great scoring chances, and it's not just on the six guys who are defensemen, it's on the forwards as well. But this team's former strength, which was preventing quality scoring chances and and winning games 3 to 2 2 to 1 because the other team couldn't score a lot all of a sudden that's becoming a weakness and i'm frustrated that lane lambert doesn't seem to be adjusting to that one thing you need to see from a head coach is a certain amount of flexibility the best head coaches out there Understand, if I'm doing something and it's not working, I have to go to plan B. This team right now is sort of sticking to its plan, and it still doesn't seem to be working. And, you know, we the old cliche is the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and expecting a different result. I think that Lane Lambert needs to try something different to get a different result And if it means going back to a slightly more conservative defense-first system until this team can prove that it stabilizes defensively, there is, uh, you know, no point in continuing to do what's not working. And I'm concerned that Lane Lambert doesn't seem to be making those adjustments. The lack of passion by this team, the lack of an ability to step up in big situations, the lack of ability to play a 60-minute game and to hold a lead when they get them. These have been frustrating all season long, and I think the Islanders really need to find some answers. The reason I don't think it's time to fire Lane Lambert right now is that I don't think a change will necessarily do a lot for this year. I think I still want to give Lambert a chance to show he can grow into the role, and that there's no real candidate out there that I think can change this team right now and make them a playoff team. It's going to be an uphill battle. You can't afford to give up third-period leads like they did, but I give Lane Lambert the rest of the season, and then I reevaluate. We all know Lou Lamorello has a history of firing coaches even when they're winning. The Islanders are not winning consistently right now. So we'll see what happens with Lane Lambert. But I am starting to have increasing doubts about his viability as an NHL head coach. We have got more to get to on this episode of the Locked on Islanders podcast. We'll break down Saturday's disappointing overtime loss to the Canadiens, have our hero and go to the game, and a lot more still to come on this episode of the Locked on Islanders podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by Athletic Greens. Our next partner has a product I literally use every day. I started taking AG1 because I wanted to take one supplement to meet 
all of my nutritional needs. So what is this stuff? Well, with one delicious scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source, superfoods, probiotics, and adoptogens to help you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, energy recovery, focus, and aging. All these things. And it's lifestyle-friendly, whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, or gluten-free. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day, and that's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. And to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. So... Saturday, a matinee, and we all know the Islanders kind of struggle with the matinees. But this was a game that they should have won, had, again, a lead heading into the third period, and end up losing the game by a score of 4-3 to three in overtime. And, you know, you're up 2-1 to one after 40 minutes. You give up a goal. Early in the third period, four minutes in, and then you get that go-ahead goal with nine minutes and six seconds left in regulation, and you can't hold it. And this team, at the time that you need to sort of go into lockdown mode, lockdown mode just wasn't there. And I'm not saying there weren't some bright spots in the team's performance. There were. Bo Horvat, another goal. He appears to be playing really well since getting here. The fourth line had a solid performance in this game. But the breakdowns were just too much. Oh, yeah, and by the way, Semyon Varlamov played well, despite the fact that he gave up four goals and took the loss. But defensively, This team, it was just breakdown after breakdown. Now, I was surprised that Sebastian Ajo was reinserted into the lineup, Samuel Bolduc back out of the lineup. I would not have made that switch. Ajo did have an assist, did not have a great game, but again, to me, Bolduc gives you more defensively. Ajo too inconsistent in his own zone. But who is it? Noah Dobson had two assists, but was very vulnerable defensively again. And even though he had two assists, he was a minus one in this game. Matthew Barzal was a minus two. And Barzal's giveaway in overtime led directly to a controversial game-winning goal by the Canadiens. And I know that they looked at that replay And you can argue, yeah, he was offside or he wasn't offside. Two things, though, come to mind. First of all, it was called onside on the ice. And because it ended up being a judgment call as to whether or not he had control of the puck, the odds were that the call on the ice was going to stand. And second of all, If you look at the game in its entirety, you can argue, yeah, that call, that goal should have been overturned. 
That probably means the game heads to a shootout where the Islanders are terrible in shootouts. But I, I don't know if they win in, you know, in the remaining few seconds of overtime that would have been there. Uh, there were 22 seconds roughly left in the game when the game winner was scored. And then if it's a shootout, again, the Islanders are just dreadful in shootouts and on breakaways, as we've seen over the last couple of games. So uh, the Islanders didn't deserve to win this game. And you could talk all you want about the questionable call and the questionable goalie interference call that wasn't made earlier, but the Islanders just didn't play well enough as a team to win this game. And they didn't deserve it. They just didn't deserve it. Too many giveaways. Josh Bailey credited with three giveaways uh, in this contest. Two for Pellick. And and I'll, I'll add this. Pellick and Pulak have just not played uh, a, a, a very good game over the last month, month and a half. I don't think Lane Lambert's system brings out the best in Pelican and Pulak. I think they were much better suited to play the defense first system under Barry Trotz. But, you know, neither one of them seems to be playing up to their high level or their high standards. Both Pelican and Pulak minus two against Montreal. And look, you're going in to the last two games where the New York Islanders had leads in the third period against, I'm not going to say bad teams, but teams that aren't going to make the playoffs, teams that are in the bottom third of the standings in this league. Vancouver was at home, Montreal on the road, but even so, there is no way you should only come out with one point when you had a two-goal lead against Vancouver and a one-goal lead twice in the third period against Montreal, you should be getting a minimum of three, if not four points out of a possible four against these two teams. And, you know, last year, it took 100 points to make the playoffs in the Eastern Conference. Right now, the Islanders have 60 points on the season. That means that they need 40 more points in 26 games to get to 100. Now, it's possible 97 points or 95 points could get you in this year. I'm not saying you need the 100 points for sure, but in to get 40 points in 26 games, you you have to go, you know, 17 uh you, you're going to have to go 17 3 and 3 or, or 17 yeah you're going to have to go pretty close to uh, 17, 6, and 3, rather, or or something close to that in order to get the necessary points to get to 100. That is a tall order, and the schedule is going to get tougher now. I mean, after this game coming up against Ottawa uh, tomorrow, you have Pittsburgh, Boston, Pittsburgh, Winnipeg, L.A., Winnipeg, Minnesota. That takes you through the end of February. After Ottawa, every one of those teams is ahead of the Islanders in the standings and in position to make the playoffs. 
And it doesn't get much easier after that. If you look at it, uh, Detroit and Buffalo, two teams you're battling with four playoff spots. Pittsburgh, Washington, L.A., it, it, it isn't going to be easy. And to say that you need to pick up points in almost every game, it, it's really going to be difficult for this Islanders team to make the playoffs. And we'll discuss a little bit more of what Lou Lamorello should do at the trade deadline uh, in a future episode, probably on tomorrow's show, because this is getting uh, to be a situation where it's looking less and less like a playoff berth is likely. And I think Lou has a, a big decision to make as to where to go from here. So tough decisions coming up for the New York Islanders. We've got more to discuss on today's show. We'll have our unsung hero and our goats of the game from Saturday's contest, plus our Islanders' birthday of the day, and a little bit more news about Jacob Chikrin, all that and more on today's Locked On Islanders podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by your friends at FanDuel. The midway point of the NBA season is here, and now is the perfect time to download the FanDuel app. It's America's number one sportsbook because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. And then you can bet on everything from money line to point scorers and threes drained. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with a same-game parlay. So don't miss the chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. Locked on being one word to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sports betting partner of the NBA. So our unsung hero and our goat of the game from Saturday. Uh, the unsung hero, I'm going with Brock Nelson, a goal and an assist, now a 10-game point streak. We could talk all we want about the negatives. There were some positives, and Brock Nelson remains one of them. The goal, the assist, won more than half of his face-offs, had five shots on goal, which tied him with Bo Horvat for the team lead, and is just you know, playing a much better brand of hockey right now for the New York Islanders. And that's great to see, and they need that from Brock Nelson. He leads the team with 21 goals, leads the team with 51 points. And to me, Nelson right now, just playing as well as anybody can expect him to to play And yeah, the Islanders are in a little bit of a slump right now, not playing up to their potential, but you certainly can't blame Brock Nelson for that. As far as the GOAT of the game, I got to go with Barzi. Matthew Barzal, the giveaway that led to the game-winning goal, a minus two in this game, and just, you know, did not look particularly sharp, uh... I, I like the improving chemistry between Horvat and Barzal. I think that's starting to come, and I think it's a great sign, but frustrating 
that Barzi is still inconsistent and his play in this game against the Habs really didn't get it done. And then, you know, the Islanders also had a power play chance in overtime. And again, the power play, yeah, they're starting to score a little bit more on the power play. Uh, getting that power play goal by Horvat in the closing seconds of the second period which should have given the Islanders more momentum in the third, but to have a power play chance in OT and hardly get any scoring chances out of it, that is truly unacceptable. And the Islanders, well, they did it again. So the power play, I'm still not seeing the movement I need to see. Look, you need to do one of two things on the power play consistently. You either need to move the players need to move without the puck or the puck needs to be moving quickly to set up a shot. You want to try to get the defenders out of position. You want them to either chase the puck or chase the player with the puck. And if everybody is standing still and the puck isn't moving quickly, you're making their job easy. They're not going to be out of position. They're not going to tire out. And you're essentially working the puck slowly around the perimeter and killing the penalty for them because you're not creating much in the way of scoring chances. It's frustrating watching this power play. And again, it comes back to coaching for me when I see that you add Bo Horvat and the power play still isn't getting the job done. I think there are just fundamental flaws in the system they're running or the players are doing a terrible job of implementing that system and we need to see more accountability lane lambert doesn't seem to be holding the players as accountable as he should and part of that i think is the lack of organizational depth that this team has there aren't a lot of people you could just insert into the lineup and say okay we're benching matthew barzal because he didn't play well or we're benching Anders Lee because he's not playing well, because there's not a lot of candidates as to who you can stick in into the top six and replace those players. So accountability is lacking, the power play is lacking, and to me it does all come back to coaching. Time now for our Islanders' birthday of the day, and uh, we're looking at uh, today being the 46th birthday of former Islander center Wyatt Smith, the native of Thief River Falls, Minnesota, a ninth-round pick by the then-Phoenix Coyotes back in 1997, spent four years at the University of Minnesota before making his debut with the Coyotes in 1999-2000, and became an Islander after a brief stint with the Nashville Predators, was with the Islanders for 2005-2006, played 42 games with the Isles, had 8 assists and 26 penalty minutes, then played for the Wild and the Avalanche before finishing his career in the AHL and in Germany, hung up his skates after the 2010-2011 season, played in 211 NHL games, 10 goals, 32 points, 65 penalty minutes, 5 playoff games, Four with the Wild, one with the Avs, but only that one partial season with the Islanders. The highlight of his Islanders career, late in his career, a three-game 
assist streak. He had assists in a win over the Rangers, an overtime loss against the Maple Leafs, and then a win over the Penguins April 11th, 13th, and 15th of 2006. So a happy birthday to Wyatt Smith, 46 years old today, and he is our Islanders' birthday of the day. That's going to do it for this episode of the Locked On Islanders podcast. We will be back tomorrow with a full preview of the game against the Senators. Until then, have a great day, everybody. Stay safe, and of course, let's go Islanders!